almost a decade, Jenna Marbles felt like everyone's internet best friend. But after rising through the ranks to become one of the most followed women on YouTube, one night Jenna gave it all away for good. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Hello. Hello. We are back for our second part. Isn't it necessarily a part if it's not the same story? Well, I mean, we have an umbrella term. Yes. This is our YouTuber series and this is one instalment of the YouTuber series. Yes, it is the second instalment, some will say. <laughs> now, you were desperate to cover this one as well, Michelle, because you were a pretty big OG Jenna Marbles fan, hey? Massive. I remember watching Jenna Marbles as like, OG videos back in 2010, 2011 with my sisters, Claire and Evelyn. We absolutely loved her. We just thought she was one of the funniest people under the sun. And then I probably after that went through a few years of not really watching her. Her humour didn't really align so much with my own. But then in the last few years of her doing YouTube, I would watch Jenna Marbles every week. Yeah. She would drop videos on Wednesdays or Thursdays and I would just look forward to her dropping content. I found her to be kind of like a safe space on the internet where she was really funny and just like some light relief from whatever was going on in my life at the time. So I have a huge connection to Jenna Marbles as I know so many people do. Yeah well by the time she quote unquote cancelled herself in 2020 and I do have that in inverted commas because that is a conversation that we will have Mm. about the language that was used around her leaving YouTube she had 20 million subscribers like so many you were one of millions not to sort of make you feel like a tiny piece of a huge pie but you know she was massive yeah and the funny thing about YouTube is yes subscriber tellies mean a lot but I wouldn't have been surprised if I didn't actually subscribe to her there would be so many people who watch her outside of that 20 million number who just go and find her every week. It's like podcast subscribers. Some people will be listening to this and going, well, I don't subscribe to Shameless, but I listen to you guys every week. Yeah, that's a good point. And truthfully, how I consume TikTok as well now in a more modern way, which is I can't actually remember who I followed and who I haven't. The algorithm now just knows who I like and who I don't and feeds me the people I connect with often. A hundred percent. I think the number of fans that Jenna Marbles had at the time of her leaving YouTube would have been far beyond 20 million. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, for us, this conversation is going to cover so many things. It's going to cover like overnight fame, internet virality, being held accountable for your past actions. And of course, Mish, as you've already kind of touched on in this intro, nostalgia because Jenna Marbles meant a lot to a lot of people. But just as equally, the content that she did post at the start of her career did cause people pain too. So we're going to talk about all of it. But first, as always, we need to rewind (laughs) back to 1986. All right, Zara, Jenna Marbles was actually born under her real name, not her stage name, of course, which is Jenna Mori. And she was born and raised in New York in September 1986. Her dad was a chemist, her mum was in marketing, and she has an older brother. Her parents divorced when she was little. Yeah, you could say she was a bit of a theatre kid. She was big into dancing, the clarinet, the piano and performing. She also, when she was in school, got really into baseball and softball. Now, in an interview with LA Weekly, she said of her upbringing and of her time at high school, 
In high school, I was kind of shy, not really that out there. In college, I played softball and that's when I started acting like myself. I was captain, but I was fucking around all the time, <laughs> always cracking jokes and trying to make everybody laugh and have a good time. To me, that was the most important thing and that actually does serve a purpose on a team. Yeah, Jenna later moved to Boston where she earned a Bachelor of Science in Psychology at Suffolk University and a Master's of Education in Sports Psychology and Counselling at Boston University. University. She really wanted to get into sports psychology. Yeah, which is really interesting considering where she ended up. And just as a quick like half spoiler alert, but half not, part of me wonders <laughs> now if she's actually doing that because well, we don't maybe. know where she is. I mean, she has her master's. So yeah. she's more than qualified to be in that space. And she used to do funny videos where she would like hold her master's degree in her hands and sob into it and like yeah. little skits like that. So I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if she was in that field now. Anyway, a random fact that some of you listening might not know is that Jenna actually first got her start in the entertainment media space via a man called David Portnoy or Dave Portnoy. He is the founder of Barstool Sports. (laughs) What is your touch points, various touch points with Barstool Sports? My touch points with Barstool aren't always fabulous ones. I don't think I'm the key target demo. Mm -mm. It feels a bit smutty and sporty and targeting young men who like that intersection between sex and sport. Do you think that's fair? Absolutely. Randomly, maybe, Barstool Sports was actually one of the production houses behind the Call Her Daddy podcast in the early years of that show. Yeah, and our listeners might remember that when there was that big drama with Call Her Daddy between the two hosts, that was all around their relationship and their contract with Barstool as well. Yeah. So that's kind of where I learned a lot more about Dave Portnoy and about Barstool. But when it comes to Jenna Marbles, Dave Portnoy actually hired her as his personal assistant. Yeah. And today we know Barstool so much as well because it's now worth hundreds of millions of dollars. But back when Jenna worked for the brand, it was kind of like this up and coming, independent, sporty, sexy blog thing. Yeah. And Jenna was doing promo work for Barstool as well when she decided to get onto YouTube on the side. So it was the summer of 2010 and Jenna was actually living in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And according to a profile of her published in 2013 in the New York Times, her $800 rent was scrounged together from a patchwork of part-time gigs, bartending, blogging, go-go dancing at nightclubs and working at a tanning salon where she remembers the singularly depressing chore of mopping up customers' sweat. Meanwhile, her newly competed master's degree in sports psychology gathered dust. Yeah, in that same interview, she told the publication, my life was a hot, hot mess. It was one afternoon when Jenna was actually driving home from a shift at Barstool Sports when she had the idea for the video that would make her famous. It was a video titled, How to Trick People into Thinking You're Good Looking. And she was essentially doing her makeup. She was going from being makeup free with like messy, scraggly hair to being fully put together so that she could go do her dancing job that night. Yes. And the video itself was set to Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. So she was sort of like this funny Rick rolling joke in the background. And it was a really simple low budget video, as I'm sure our listeners have either watched or can understand. Did you watch it at the time? Yes. I remember this video, but I didn't make the connection that it it was was Jenna Marbles. I think this video was so well known that a lot of people just consumed it without knowing who made it. And she started the video like this. Hello there, friends. 
and welcome to my tutorial on how to trick people into thinking you're really good looking. If you were born really ugly like me, have no fear. There's steps you can take to be good looking, kind of. Now, this was watched by 5 million people in its first week. The New York Times, when they were profiling Jenna, actually spoke to Jenna's mum and her mum was actually relaying a conversation they had at the time when this started to go bananas online. She told the New York Times that Jenna called her and said, Mum, I made this video on the internet and a lot of people are watching it and I swear in it. But thankfully, the mum thought it was funny and not too vulgar. Yes, exactly. Now, according to Mike journalist Belinda Marrera, becoming an overnight sensation is no easy task. It takes the right amount of sass, sex appeal and sarcasm to pull together the next big viral sensation. This equation is the one thing that helps Jenna Marbles rise to the top and become a YouTube mega sensation. Yeah, it's a funny one because so often on these scandal series, we're kind of rallying against the idea that people become famous overnight. We're always talking about how so much work and grit and hours go into becoming famous and building up your public profile. Jenna Marbles is one of the few examples I've come across anyway, where the label of overnight sensation or overnight celebrity absolutely checks out. Yeah, for sure. Like the numbers are there to prove it. I think what's also really interesting about the story of Jenna Marbles is she actually did originally post videos under her full name. However, she actually ended up changing her YouTube name to Jenna Marbles because her mum was worried that it was going to affect her own unemployment status because every time someone Googled or her mum was Googling her own name, mm. her daughter's videos were coming up <laughs> and she was trying to find a job. Jenna told the New York Times, she said, every time I type in my name, this weird video comes up. Soon after the video went viral, Dave Portnoy at Barstool promoted Jenna from his personal assistant to a full-time blogger for the website where she wrote under the blogging name Stool La La. The success of Jenna's YouTube channel though, was a real source of tension between her and Dave. According to an Ask Me Anything that Jenna Marbles did on Reddit years later, Dave Portnoy apparently tried to credit himself with her success online and she found that extremely irritating. I think you can imagine how this played out. You've got a young female in her 20s trying to carve out a presence for herself online and an older guy who's trying to take credit for that. Here's what Jenna actually wrote to a fan who asked about the Dave Portnoy tension on a Reddit AMA. I wrote the last blog on Stula La with a graph showing that I believed my original viral video blew up on Facebook, Reddit, the internet rather than Barstool Sports because I was sick of him hanging that over my head. He always claimed that he invented me and that I would be nothing without him. So I just simply put my thoughts on there and then it turned very ugly. We officially severed ties. I think he still has some hard feelings towards me, but I don't really have any for him. Yeah. So Jenna was kind of going with the the line of, we haven't always seen eye to eye. I'm not happy with how he behaved, but I'm willing to move on. Unfortunately for Jenna, Dave Portnoy mm. did not seem willing to move on at all. In fact, he appeared to really struggle on the Jenna Marbles front for a while. In 2013, he wrote a rambling blog post about Jenna where he said this, and before I read it out, there is some semi-confronting language in here as well. This whole Jenna Marbles thing is an act. It's a fake person, somebody she apparently has to pretend to be every time she goes outside in public. It would be like Will Ferrell having to be Ron Burgundy in public for the rest of his life. 
I'd hang myself. That's the good thing about Barstool. Like when Big Cat and I'd go to a bro show, we are just being ourselves. There is literally no acting involved. What you see is what you get. Jenna has to morph into this fake weirdo character that 12-year-old girls expect to see. How funny that he needed to rely on, oh yes, Jenna Marbles is this like internet sensation and everyone loves her but it's 12 year old girls therefore it's not as valid as my fame and it's also a character it's like no shit cool yeah so have you heard of actors yeah it's like (laughs) of course this is a version of herself that she's putting out to the world of course that is true she's so inauthentic therefore it can't possibly be the same as me it's art like i know that sounds like a funny thing to say it's comedy yeah it's like that's definitionally what people do when they are doing comedy. Imagine this being the only thing that you could wheel out to be like, yeah, she's doing super well, but she's acting. (laughs) It's like (laughs) so well then, obviously. Now in June, 2015, Dave still wasn't over the feud as a lot of weird middle-aged men just can't (laughs) seem to drop feuds. It's true. They fixate. They do fixate. He was fixating. He posted a video titled, I finally got my chance to confront Jenna Marbles and he uploaded that to Barstool where he went and saw her wax figure at Madame Tussauds. In the video, Dave eats popcorn as he essentially rants in the fake Jenna's face saying how he gave her her career, that karma is a bitch and that all he ever wanted was a thank you for making her rich and famous. This would be fucking infuriating if I had someone constantly talking publicly about how they invented me and that I needed to thank them for making me rich and famous. It's got a bit of Kanye and Taylor about it, doesn't it? There's so much arrogance. Yeah, and this video, we would play a snippet from it, but truthfully, the audio is so bad. You guys wouldn't be able to hear it properly. I do really want to put it in the show notes though, because you really pick up on a certain vibe in this video and the vibe is a really gross one. Yeah, absolutely. So Jenna was, as you could say, One of the first in a particular space on the internet. She was a young woman doing stereotypically feminine things. And I'll put that in quotation marks. She was doing like makeup tutorials, hair tutorials, outfits, look at all the bikinis I'm going to wear on vacation. But all of it was with this really fresh comedic parody twist. Like it was half real, half not real. Yeah, exactly. In that mic piece we mentioned before, Jono Belinda Marrera said she is a new kind of celebrity that is willing to be honest. She's gained the love and respect of millions because she's willing to be the butt of the joke, show her true colours and drop little wisdom bombs along the way. I mean, this is also another interesting bit from the New York Times piece in 2013 that we've also mentioned. The piece read, to a younger generation who spends more time on YouTube than TV, Jenna Marbles already embodies the future of celebrity. Yeah, Alan Van, the executive editor of an online media blog called New Media Rockstars at the time, told New York Magazine, it's a very odd kind of skill we haven't seen in entertainment before. Comedic blogging has mostly been a man's domain, but she's definitely at the top. That said, it was pretty obvious in much of the early coverage of Jenna Marbles that the mainstream media didn't quite know what to do with her or didn't quite know how to place her. For example, in 2013, Good Morning America actually ran a segment on Jenna titling it The Best Video Person in the World Lands Billionth YouTube Click. Now, in that segment, they said that she made videos about nothing and had a running count on how many times she used the word ridiculous during the interview. It wasn't like a nasty piece, but it definitely felt patronising. And I think the mainstream media 
as evidenced through this segment, really thought that she was like this airy 20-something-year-old who didn't do much at all and had stumbled on all these fans. Yeah, but Zara, almost the opposite was true. After the ad break, we're going to talk about brand Jenna and then her eventual departure from YouTube. But first, a word from today's sponsor. Okay, so Jenna Marbles was huge at this point. She was wildly influential, only it was in a way that was essentially invisible to like the adults in the room at the time, maybe. Like if you didn't watch YouTube, if you weren't on the platform, you really didn't know much about her at all. And ABC News summed her kind of fame up really well when they described Jenna as, and I quote, the most famous person you've never heard of. Yeah, that piece went on and said her videos have been viewed more than one billion times. She has more Facebook fans than Jennifer Lawrence and more than a million Instagram fans, topping even Oprah Winfrey. Tube Mogul, a video ad buying platform in California, actually examined traffic on the Jenna Marbles channel and estimated that she could have earned as much as $346,000 in 2012. She told the New York Times a year later, I make more money than I need ever. I am interested in that figure because I do feel like it must have been a conservative estimate, 346000 Well, I'm wondering, is it conservative or was the monetization of like digital media channels just so far behind back in 2012? Like this is 10 years ago. Potentially. I think what it does say to me though is that there would have been an exponential growth oh, in her yeah. income year on year. I absolutely agree with that. Even if her views didn't necessarily balloon every yes. year, the income would have because there's so much advertising revenue being pumped into YouTube year on year. Yeah. And I think businesses and brands were starting to actually clue into how valuable that audience is and was. Absolutely. By this point in the timeline, the New York Times wrote that Jenna was doing really well for herself. They included the fact that she was living in a, and I quote, $1.1 million Santa Monica townhouse. They also reported that 75% of her core audience, which was 10 million subscribers at this point, was young women and girls, mostly between the ages of 13 and 17. So by 2013, Jenna Marbles was looking at this huge audience and decided she had to glow up the business side of her job. I mean, she had to deal with so many like logistical headaches. She had emails that she was getting from brands and fans that needed sorting as well. In that New York Times piece that we've referenced a few times, they said that she was receiving more than 50,000 messages a month, which meant that she eventually hired a personal assistant, a business manager, her mother and a chief technical officer. Yeah, despite this, Jenna was pretty good at making it appear like her presence online was like pure happenstance and that no real thought or even business savviness went into it whatsoever. She told Variety in 2013, there's a big difference between me and other YouTubers. A lot of them have big concrete plans. I'm still this weird chicken with my head cut off. I don't know what I want to do next and haven't known that since I started. Mm. I'm interested in this quote because I'm wondering, do we think that was true or was this all part of the strategy? I think it was true that Jenna Marbles was kind of unruly. She never came across as someone particularly organised. Does that mean she wasn't savvy? Absolutely not. Yeah. I think she knew she had to do two things at once. She had to bring people in who were very organised and were very meticulous with strategy, 
whilst also appearing to the outside world like this was still just a girl with a camera in her lounge room and nothing at all had changed when really the machinery behind that camera and the kind of team behind the Jenna Marbles brand was growing day by day. I think this quote is not technically untrue. A lot of double negatives in that (laughs) sentence, but roll with me. Because I think she's probably right. She probably did feel quite different to other YouTubers. She probably did feel that she ran a little bit more... Chaotically. Uh, Chaotically. Mm. But I agree with you. I think the machine behind her was incredibly professional Mm. and was actually running like a business. I think the other thing that we found really, really interesting when we went back and started digging into Jenna was that she didn't want to grow her YouTube following and then become like this mainstream media personality or celebrity. Like YouTube was the end game for her. And it was very rare to hear someone say that at this time. Truthfully, it would still be rare to hear someone say that today. Yeah, because even today, the idea is, oh, you grow your social media platforms and then you go mainstream like Emma Chamberlain. Yes. You start hosting the Vogue coverage of the Met Guy. You go through those kind of avenues. You get your own podcast with Spotify. 100%. It wasn't the case for Jenna Marbles. She said from the earliest of days that YouTube was it for her. Variety reported on this around the time. They wrote, Jenna Marbles, YouTube channel proprietess and goofball extraordinaire with almost 10 million followers on the video site, does not want her own TV show. They also quoted her saying this, I've had a lot of cool offers to move into traditional media, but I'm not completely sold I have to do that. On YouTube, I can do whatever I want, say whatever I want. Hollywood studios want to own your soul, she added. And the coolest thing on YouTube is nobody owns you. I think the reason I found this so interesting is because it's not dissimilar to how we felt about work in the last few years. But I haven't really heard other people say that very often. It's like, I would rather just do my own thing, run my own mouth on my own mic and not have anyone looking over me. Even if that means maybe that you're not getting the huge pay packets or paychecks that mainstream media can offer, you'd prefer to just run your own show. Yeah, there's like, sometimes you can't put a price on your own flexibility or your own freedom. In an interview with LA Weekly, she also distanced herself from the kind of vloggers and YouTubers who were kind of permanently attached to their cameras and documenting every part of their life. She said, I fucking hate that shit. I fucking hate it because a lot of them are vloggers. They like to walk around and vlog. I'm not really like that. In the past at YouTube events, they're like walking around with a camera. I'm like, can we just live a normal life here? Like, what the fuck? That's not my jam. People do do that. It's kind of obnoxious. They're like, I'm here at blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, who cares? I don't care. I don't care. And I'm here. (laughs) This is another part of the Jenna Marbles brand that made her really endearing to her community she seemed down to earth she never came across like someone whose ego got too big for yeah. the boots like she never gave people the impression that she felt that she was somehow above the average viewer because she happened to have followers she was on the same level and if she saw people in the industry getting big for their boots she very clearly kind of pulled back from that relationship or didn't really warm to it. Yeah, exactly. Now, as positive as that New York Times profile that we've been referencing was, it did have a pretty interesting section about Jenna's content that hadn't been so warmly received. Here's a passage about that. 
But Jenna has her detractors. Beyond viewers who find the Jenna Marbles brand of humour incomprehensible or simply annoying, some were deeply offended by her impression of Nicki Minaj in which she applied copious amounts of bronzer and put on a butt pad and pink wig. Critics say it amounted to blackface and crossed the line from parody to racism. Mm, Although the piece did go on to note that the backlash to the Nicki Minaj video paled in comparison to the backlash Jenna got over another video around the same time. There was a video titled Things I Don't Understand About Girls Part 2 Slut Edition in which Jenna was strongly criticised for slut shaming and being anti-feminist. The New York Times wrote, Jenna Marbles says she doesn't regret the video but plans on avoiding similar topics for now. I got crucified, she said, crucified. Really interesting to me that when we're going back in time and we're looking at how people responded to certain content in the moment – the slut shaming video or the allegation of slut shaming was a much bigger deal 10 years ago or eight years ago than the potential blackface controversy was. exactly. And that slut shaming video barely registered later when she was being accused of having problematic content in her past. That barely, barely registered. And yet it was the thing that was loudest at the time. It says a lot about what was considered problematic at this point. And I think what's really interesting about this too is that Jenna using anti-Asian lyrics in a video she'd made years earlier also didn't really register in the mainstream at this point too. But we're going to talk about that and revisit that later in the app. Yeah. It also says a lot about what voices were platformed when this New York Times piece was done because I imagine white women might be more offended at the time about slut shaming, but we didn't have many voices of colour in the mainstream to say, hang on, this other video, like they're both both bad. This other video is far more concerning and far more damaging to a specific marginalised group of people. We need to talk about that. Yeah, exactly. Now, there were definitely moments that Jenna hinted along the way that the intensity of her fame was overwhelming. She once said... Sometimes I like to think that it would be nice if you just had a character and your personal life was your personal life. My life is definitely out there, you know. She also spoke in 2013 about how much she struggled with revealing her breakup with then-partner Max Wise to her fans. She said, it was incredibly stressful. I had to tell these 13-year-old girls I broke up with my boyfriend who they love and I wanted to do it in a way that wasn't going to hurt his own YouTube channel. Yeah, they were both big on YouTube at the time. So that was a really public relationship. By 2014, Variety ran Jenna Marbles and her fellow YouTube alum Shane Dawson on their cover and their stand first read, never heard of Shane Dawson or Jenna Marbles, they're rewriting the rules of fame online. In that piece, Jenna said, I have no tangible talent, my talent is in being an internet friend. And I think Jenna really nailed the sentiment there. Being an internet friend sounds really easy. It sounds like anyone can do it, but I actually think it's the opposite. To continually appeal to people and continually make someone feel like they have a connection to you through a screen is a very, very rare skill. And it's also an extremely lucrative one. Yeah, hugely, because if your audience feel like they have an emotional connection to you, it actually is a two-way relationship, even though it's not. And even though followers logically know that if they feel that it's incredibly easy to leverage yeah I really do want to talk to you as a brief aside here if you'll take a tangent with me yeah I want to talk about this strategy I think I saw it a lot from YouTubers and probably Instagram influencers around this time as well it was kind of the monetization of friendship yes the whole thing was 
I am so grateful to you, the viewer. You, my subscribers, are my friends. You are my family. I come to you to tell you things about my life. I'm so grateful for you. You got me here. And as much as I think that was really clever at the time for these content creators to foster a really engaged audience and as great as that would have been for their growth, I wouldn't be surprised if so many of those same content creators grew to regret that decision to monetize that friendship or to position a following as a friendship when in reality, it's all transactional. I put out content for you to enjoy. You watch that content. That is the exchange. To add friendship or love or gratefulness or I'm so indebted to you all on top of it, I think meant that when a content creator put a foot out of line or was seen to betray that friendship by doing something that the following didn't love or didn't warm to, the downfall was even more intense because you didn't just have this transactional, I'm a content creator, you love my video stuff. You had, I thought you were my friend and now you've gone against what I believe. Or you've disappointed me. You've disappointed me. I think for sure. I think that absolutely played into the more spectacular downfalls. I think some YouTube stars would have had their downfalls no matter what, but Mm. I do think it added to the intensity. And I think it would have been a more exhausting job for them, truthfully, if you constantly have people expecting things of you because they think it's a two-way street. Mm. Now, speaking on the importance of authenticity to Entrepreneur Mag, Jenna said, I'm a grown adult. People who started watching me when I was 23, they just grew up with me. It feels real. It is real. And I just think that some of it has to do with growing up and not pretending to not grow up. It is just authenticity. By 2015, the influence Jenna Marbles had over the public was completely undeniable. Ad Age, a US marketing and business publication, reported a new study conducted by the University of Southern California's marketing professor, which found that American adults found YouTube stars to be up to five times more influential than traditional Mm. celebs. On top of that, an accompanying survey of 1,500 adults aged 18 to 59 years old found Jenna Marbles influenced people more than Julia Roberts. Yeah, an Oscar award-winning actress. Yes, and I also find that most interesting because of the age range of that survey. Mm. That's 18 to 59-year-olds, not it's younger. It's a big group. We're not just talking about young people. We're, We're talking about even Julia Roberts fans. Yes. So it that's says how, a lot. Yes, that's how overwhelming the influence would be for young people that it tipped the scales for the old people who probably had no idea who she was. A thousand percent. So we're in 2016 now and at this point Jenna Marbles has 16 million subscribers on YouTube, 2 billion views and 300 videos. And at this point in her career, she decided to follow what was a big trend at the time. It was to look back on her old content and react to her old videos. Now, most of the videos she selected were from her most controversial period on the platform, which was from 2010 to 2012. And a heads up, guys, all of the controversial, the really controversial and offensive videos that we've talked about in this episode had actually all been deleted or removed from Jenna Marble's YouTube account by this point. We want to play you a snippet. This is how Jenna Marbles reacted to her old content in this 2016 video. I certainly feel like I've changed a lot as a person in terms of what I upload onto the internet. You know, there's times where I look back and I'm super embarrassed or when 
people think that they might know who I am now based off of things that I did, you know, even two years ago or less than that. And it's just not a whole representation of me as a person. It, it's just been nice to grow and learn and it's mostly due to constructive criticism and feedback that you guys give me and you know when I do things or say things that I shouldn't do there's always been people there to be like hey this is goofy and I get that you did this with the best of intentions but like you're obnoxious <laughs> she actually finished that video by saying I want to live on the internet now I think, Mish, it's a naturally interesting question as well to chart how someone changes over the years, to chart how they grow up and mature into someone who is, you know, arguably better and more empathetic. But the the videos of, from Jenna's early days did largely make fun of others, didn't they? Yeah, they did for sure. I think one of the main targets in her early videos was like the basic girl or the slutty girl, again, in inverted commas. But by 2017, 2018, and by the time even 2016 that she was doing this video, her sense of humor and her content did a complete 180. Like it was completely, completely different. There were videos like transforming myself into a dog and putting 200 fake nails on one nail and corn on the cob, but instead of the corn bone, it's a hot dog. Like <laughs> she went from being brash and being sassy and being snarky towards other people to being completely silly and absurdist and making herself the crux of every joke. I think it was very of the time, that 2010 to 2012 period we're talking about. Snark. And cool girl. Cool, cool girl, girl snark. was everywhere. By 2018, Jenna Marvel's YouTube channel was the 16th most followed in the world. A year later, in October 2019, she celebrated hitting an absolutely mammoth 20 million subscribers by taking a nap. Here's a snippet of that video. Let's be real. I've been on YouTube for 10 years, give or take. And this is a milestone that I'd like to celebrate in the most selfish of ways. I'm quite frankly, very tired. 10 years of doing anything just makes you pretty tired. It's an interesting vibe to get yeah. out of this, right? First of all, absolutely understandable that she's tired. Like a career in the public eye of this magnitude would be exhausting in moments. But the takeaway from this video is not, oh, wow, Jenna plans on doing this forever. She's really energized. She's really galvanized by hitting this milestone. It was kind of like, oh, wow, Jenna Marbles is completely bone tired. Yes, Absolutely. She's tired of it. Like she, there's no sense of I'm hitting 20 million. These are all the things we're going to do to get to 30. 30. Like here's what's on for the next few years. No. I'm so excited about this. It's like, cool. You can just watch me take a nap for the next like hour. <laughs> when writing about this pretty massive milestone, British publication Metro finished their piece with this line, which I found very interesting. Put simply, Jenna Marbles is one of YouTube's gems and she doesn't seem to be slowing down any time soon. Interesting take. Very interesting take. The final video Jenna posted before everything took a turn for the worse was perhaps one of her most innocent ever, making a dog birthday cake where she and her partner Julian celebrated Dog Birthday Month, <laughs> a celebration for their three dogs, Peach, Marbles and Bunny. It was June 18, 2020. Yeah, if we're really going to understand what happened to Jenna's career over the next few weeks, I think we really need to take a second to understand the context of June 2020. Of course, everyone listening lived through it but it's probably a good reminder it's always hard to mentally put yourself back in what was 
absolutely one of the most unusual and emotionally challenging months of so many people's lives. Yeah, for a brief recap of the social and political landscape of, you know, June 2020, this was essentially the peak of COVID fear and anxiety with a sizable portion of the world living in lockdown. I mean, that forced so many of us to live our lives almost entirely online. Americans were also living in the shadow of George Floyd's death on May 25. Black Lives Matter protests began on May 26, protests that went on to involve an estimated 20 million people, making them the largest in American history. Mm. Now, these protests peaked in early June, but did carry on for months on varying scales. Yeah, and that sharper focus on race relations and racism, of course, ignited a massive conversation basically in every domain around the world about the conversations that are happening in the workplace, the conversations around the family dinner table, the conversations we're seeing play out online. And all of this made 2020 the year of quote unquote influencer cancellations and the year that cancel culture definitely entered the everyday vernacular. And to put it into perspective, I think beyond that, influencer cancellations were so commonplace in 2020 that at the end of the year, Vulture actually wrote an article titled The Best, Fakest and Most Teary Influencer Apologies of 2020. It really was the great influencer reckoning that the people with power online who had hurt others over the years with their words and with their content were being held accountable for that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, given that cultural landscape, people started talking again about some of Jenna's old content and people were calling on her to take accountability and apologise. So she did. She posted her last ever video titled A Message on June 25, 2020. Now, in that 11-minute video, she apologised for her past behaviour, particularly those videos from 2011 and 2012 where she was accused of doing blackface, mocking Asian people and slut-shaming women. She also announced in this video that she would not be returning to YouTube. Yeah, she said, I think I'm just going to move on from this channel for now. I just want to make sure the things I put out into the world are not hurting anyone. Here's a snippet from that video. It was not my intention to do blackface. This is the end of the video where I took my wig off. I, I don't know how else to say this, but it doesn't matter because all that matters is that people were offended and it hurt them. And for that, I am so unbelievably sorry if I ever offended you by posting this video or by doing this impression and that that was never my intention. It's not okay. It's shameful. It's awful. I wish it wasn't part of my past. She also spoke about the criticism that a lot of people leveled at her, that some of her content used to be slut shamey. She said, I fucked up. I had a lot of internalized misogyny. And at that time in my life, it does not reflect my attitude to anyone and their bodies. And I want to say that I'm sorry if I ever made you feel bad about yourself or your choices, anything. Jenna also directly addressed the anti-Asian parody rap lyrics that she had written for a video back in 2011. We'll play that section of her apology video for you all now. You should note at the start of this snippet we're about to play, Jenna does actually explicitly say the anti-Asian slurs that she used in the video for accountability. If you would prefer to skip that part, fast forward about 10 seconds from here. So as you can see, I said, hey, Ching Chong Wing Wong. Shake your King Kong ding dong. Sorry, that was racist. I'm bad at rap songs. It's awful. It doesn't need to exist. It's inexcusable. It's not okay. I'm, I'm incredibly sorry 
if this offended you. Then, now, whenever. It doesn't need to exist. It shouldn't have existed. I shouldn't have said that, ever. It's not cool, it's not cute, it's not okay. And I'm embarrassed that I ever made that, <laughs> period. This was, as with anything on the internet, received with a mixed bag of responses. Overall, though, I think the the crux of the conversation was that Jenna did a better job than some of her cohort did, maybe some of her peers did in the YouTube space. But of course, everyone's individual responses to a video like this is totally valid. Yeah, for sure. And I think as two people who weren't necessarily affected by the content, it's much more impossible for us to say what was a good apology and what wasn't. And there were a lot of varied opinions on her decision to leave and questions about whether it was the right one or the wrong one. For example, on some of the kind of high profile viral threads or opinions on this matter at the time. Yeah, well, we're looking to people of colour exclusively because it's just not relevant how white people really responded to this. Not at all. We had American writer, podcast and actress Akila Hughes tweeted at the time, my tears are reserved for all the black people who will never even attempt to have a YouTube career because they don't want to be subjected to racism all day, every day as a living. I'll cry for the black people who stopped making videos because of the hurt caused by people who made millions of dollars mocking them and then once they were nice and comfortable decided to reflect yes people can grow and change no one ever said they can't but if that growth is contingent upon the ones of hurt forgetting they ever did it then it's not growth yeah another black content creator who goes by the username moody underscore morvy wrote a viral thread about jenna's decision to leave youtube we have condensed it to get the overall vibe but here are some quotes from that thread I'm a huge fan of Jenna and Julian's channel. I'm still heartbroken about the thought of never seeing a new video. But it's a disservice to Jenna and the work she's doing and a disservice to black kids like me who had to see those videos to only be talking about how she doesn't deserve this and cancel culture is toxic. I'm seeing a lot of white people expressing their thoughts, feelings, etc., over this and not enough acknowledgement that this video was needed because time doesn't necessarily equate an apology. She went on and said, it is important for people like Jenna to show that she made mistakes. She regrets them and she's changed that we can all see blackface is not okay or acceptable. If Jenna Marble sees this thread, your video was genuine and clear. I know you've changed. Your channel means more to me than you'll ever know. You've helped me through hard times and I hope you know we'll miss you and you can always come back. Yeah, Sarah Lagore, the famous TikToker, also weighed in with a tweet that got almost 200,000 likes. It read like this. Jenna Marbles really apologised with her whole heart and soul. I've always looked up to her as a creator and seeing her be so genuine just really made me respect her so much more. She took full responsibility for everything. Now there was another tweet as well that was widely shared and it was from the Twitter user Pleasantly Twisted, which was T-W-S-T-D, who took aim at people complaining that Jenna was bullied off the internet and cancelled. They wrote, you all know Jenna Marbles left in her own volition, right? Like she even said no one came for her neck. She added shit she did that no one was talking about on her own reflection. You all don't know what growth looks like and it shows. There was so much passion around this video. Some Mm. people wanting to say it was ridiculous that she was quitting YouTube and she had to issue this apology. A lot of other people, as we've just, a lot of black creators as well, as we've just quoted, saying this was an incredibly, incredibly important step. But at the end of the day... Jenna Marbles just left. Yeah, she left and that was her decision. And I actually think the reasons for that decision might have been layered. Yes. I think it was interesting to me that that British tabloid wrote the year before, it doesn't seem like she's slowing down. 
at all because if you watched her content when she hit 20 million she was clearly exhausted like we said and it didn't seem like she was really energized to keep going so I think one facet of her leaving was maybe she grew out of it she had done it for a decade and maybe she was coming towards the natural conclusion of what she wanted to do on the platform I think another reason is of course that she didn't want to put out content that she would then grow to regret in another 10 years time that maybe what she's saying today will hurt people down the line and she doesn't know that in the moment or she's not educated on it in the moment I think this stuff is complicated and it's like a philosophical question for all of us like who are we today and what are we saying today that could be hurting people and are we the same person in 10 years time and how do we hold ourselves accountable and what does that look like yeah exactly and I think one major takeaway from reading a lot about this for me is yes I think I agree with you I think her decision probably was layered I think she probably thought it was time to go I also think maybe she thought she wasn't the best person for the job anymore, mm. be it because she had hurt people in the past and couldn't guarantee she wasn't going to hurt people in the future and that she was just kind of done and she was going to let other people take the stage. And Jenna was right. She never came back to YouTube. In fact, the public largely never saw her again. In April 2021, fans of Jenna Marbles got their first update about her life in almost a year. On the live streaming service Twitch, her partner Julian announced that he and Jenna were engaged. He said, a little while ago, I asked Jenna to marry me and she said yes. So we are engaged. She's still offline, as you know, but still very much part of my life. And now it's official. Yeah, Julian has posted one photo of the two of them on Instagram since. However, neither of them were facing the camera and every post on Julian's profile has comments disabled too. So there's no real conversation that can happen about it. You can just like the photo. I want to ask you one thing. Jenna Marble's apology video has since been deleted. Her profile on YouTube is still live. Her account's still active. You can watch some of her old content. Some of it's been removed. I wonder what was behind that decision to remove that video after a certain amount of time. It it lived on there for months and months, maybe over a year. But when we went to look back for this episode, it's been removed. Yeah, I have no idea. Isn't it interesting? Because I think it says to me that there probably could have been, in Jenna's mind, maybe there actually, if she wanted to come back, maybe she figured there actually could have been a time where she could have feasibly come back mm-hmm. and the public would have largely said, okay, let's see that growth. Let's see it. And maybe that point is when she deleted the video, right? Because mm-hmm. it was either I'm going to delete this video and remove it or I'm going to come back to YouTube. Yeah. Does that make any sense to you? I mean, it's an interesting question anyway for the public to say, well, let's see the growth. Because maybe Jenna felt like she had Had grown. Yeah, that's true. And again, it's that complicated one to be like, well, if you have grown in the past and if you did delete those videos in 2016 or whenever she deleted them, maybe part of her feels like she was wrongly treated. And I would be really curious to hear how the listeners would feel about that. I think we make space for everyone's opinions on that really that maybe she does feel like she did that growth already and she feels like she was listening and she feels like the person that she was in 2020 was a really decent one. And maybe she resents the whole thing that she had this tirade against her. Otherwise, truthfully, I don't know why that video is deleted. I don't, I think maybe for me, it's a stretch to put words in her mouth and say she resents it. I think it could also just be as simple as I feel like we had that conversation and we had it well. Yeah, fair. It's done now. Which could be, which, Fair. which is more simple to me. But, but I, you just disable comments then? I think it's the deletion yeah. of the video that to me says more, I don't 
necessarily stand by exactly what happened in this video anymore. Well, let's see what the listeners think. But for now, that's all we've got time for because Jenna Marbles didn't pop back up. No. That's it. And I would be fascinated to know what's going on with her What's right she doing now? As we said, is she doing sports psychology? Did she make enough cash over her YouTube career to be fine? Living off her millions. Yeah, what's she doing with Julian? I don't think we'll ever properly find out for a long time until she comes back, does like one random interview and then fucks off again. I bet you she's running a farm with like a million dogs. Yeah. I remember she said that was her ultimate dream and I think she would have made enough money to do that. I think she just lives with dogs and loves the animals. Well, if that's what she wants to do, guys, we are done. We are finished this episode. <laughs> there was so much to cover as always. If you want to support the show, we are on Instagram at Shameless Podcast. We are on TikTok at Shameless underscore podcast. Tell us what you think. Absolutely. We'll be back in your ears on Thursday with another episode of our Pop Culture Wrap. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.